Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. A little bit later on, you're going to hear from Beachwood football coach Noel Rash as the Tigers prepare for the Class 2A State Football Championship this Friday afternoon in Lexington. They take on Lexington Christian, and uh, Noel will talk about his team's preparation and also his outstanding senior quarterback, Cameron Hergott, who uh, is definitely a Mr. Football candidate there in the Commonwealth. But first up, I'm pleased to be joined by Doug Ute, Ohio High School Athletic Association, named Doug the executive director back on September 8th. He is the 11th leader in the 113-year history of the OHSA, and I'm pleased to bring him back into the conversation here in the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. And uh, Doug, how's your week going? Yeah. It's going good, Mike. I mean, we're, we're full force here in a, in a winter, and uh, thanks for having me on, by the way. And, and uh, you know, we, we, we completed our fall sports and hopped right into the winter, and so every week is, uh, is challenging and, and, uh, because it's challenging to our member schools out there and the athletes and their families and, and, and that. But given the situations uh, that we're in, you know, it's pretty positive. Thank you for the time and the perspective here. And uh, just before we get started, I mean, your first 100 days here, I mean, does it seem like these past three months have just gone by lightning quick or does it seem like three months has been three years for you and just... Uh, well, you I, I, I just told a group of uh, people yesterday that, that uh, a quote that, that I think is fitting for this uh, pandemic. There are, there are uh, decades when nothing happens, but there are weeks when decades happen. <laughs> feel like that's what we've just been battling uh you know from from really last march you know this grind here and and uh you know people ask me hey do you like your job i love my job when when i see what the kids are doing and the, and the teams are but you know uh who really likes dealing with the virus uh, I don't think anybody does, whether a job or personal things. It's it's just that, you know, you got to have the right attitude and and keep the end in mind that, you know, we're, we're going to get to the end of this at some point. Uh, but I firmly believe what we're doing in Ohio to give kids an experience to compete and families something to look forward to or communities, uh, you know, really helps us get through this from a mental well-being standpoint. What is the greatest challenge for you in your office? during this pandemic for this winter season? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, as I mentioned, just keeping kids competing and, uh, you know, uh, in, a, in an era where, uh, you know, there are financial struggles uh, with things and, and our schools are being hit uh, very heavy. Our, our association has been hit uh, financially uh, from, from this uh, virus. And, and uh, so, Again, it's just keeping kids competing and make sure we get the education out to people on how to run a safe event, uh, so we're not spreading the virus at our events, so that so that our kids can keep playing. And uh, you know, it's a challenge uh, for, for working with the schools who are who are trying to uh, get 17 and 18 year old kids to understand: Hey, go to practice, uh, go to school, and, and stay out of groups. And, and uh, you know, that, I think that's challenging, but the, the education piece of that. And, and again, I, I can't uh, commend our member schools and particularly the athletic directors and coaches who are running these events and the high school principals and well, we're having middle school events too. So the middle school principals and the superintendents, uh, what they're going through daily because uh, everybody wants in to see the event um, and they have to limit who, who comes into gym. And, and all those things, the challenge that they're doing and is, is a, just a great amount of, of effort from their part. And, and uh, you know, one of the things we talk about is, is uh, you know, who's cheering the cheerleader on. These coaches, ADs, principals, superintendents, they're all cheerleaders. They're, they're out there keeping people moving and they're working with their staffs and, and those things. And, and just take a little time for yourself uh, during this time, too, and take care of yourself. Uh, because it can be a lot uh, mentally, uh, a mental grind uh, with this. I had one athletic director tell me um, with all the rescheduling and everything, it's almost like rainouts on steroids, as it were. You know, if you kind of think of it like <laughs> yeah. in, in those terms, just, you know, you plug one right. hole and another leak, you know, pops up and you just have to constantly adapt to everything. Right. I want to go back to the fall, Doug, just because, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of media members, athletic administrators, coaches, I mean, you go back to 
you know, March and the spring and, and what happened early summer and, and listening to the governor's office and, and, you know, everybody just wanted to know if there's going to be a high school sports fall season. And I think in speaking to some people still now, I think people are still surprised that Ohio made it through, completed a season, albeit, you know, very unique circumstances there for the, the six remaining state championship finals there in football, obviously. But um, what did you take from the fall sports season that maybe you and your office learned that maybe can be something that you can uh, take down the road, maybe even this winter sports season, which is the longest of the three seasons, obviously, but maybe just something uh, into next year? Yeah, well, you know, we're expanding the, the playoffs uh, next year um, in football that was already scheduled uh, from that standpoint. Uh, but, but two, uh, it's going to lead to discussion about how did we like what went on this year and, and should everybody have an opportunity to be in the playoffs just like they have an opportunity in the winter to, to be in, in, in that and how does that work and, and at least open the conversations up with our coaches associations and OI AAA and, and those things because everything should be discussed. And one of the things we learned in the fall that we're looking uh, and we haven't made this, made this move yet, but um, we know that not every school is going to get an opportunity to get 22 games in. So if uh, you lose in a tournament, uh, should we do what we did in the fall uh, to say, hey, if you've played 18 games and you lose in a tournament, you have an opportunity to play uh, four more and, uh, you know, let our, let our kids have that, that opportunity throughout the, the, the tournament. Uh, those type of things, uh, you know, are in discussion now that we learned it was very positive in the, in the fall. And, and I think, too, what we learned and what we're very thankful for uh, from the uh, Governor DeWine and, and Lieutenant Governor Houston is that they understand the value of what our schools are doing from a mental health perspective during this difficult time to keep kids engaged in an activity, to keep kids engaged with the good people at our schools. The coach, there are so many good coaches that are great influences on our children's lives and, and teachers uh, from, from that standpoint. And, and April and May took a toll mentally on our, on our kids in Ohio, athletes and non-athletes. Uh, from that perspective, Mike, and, and we all agree on that. And I'll tell you, I'm very thankful that our governor sees that and he's doing everything he can to allow these kids to continue to participate uh, during this difficult time because it gives them something from a mental health and mental wellness perspective uh, that if we shut things down uh, would be uh, very difficult. And, and so I think, you know, when you talk about the fall and we're happy that things uh, ended the way they did. And, and I, I tell people all the time, I went to every single state tournament uh, and just being around the kids and, and their families and, and watching them compete and the joy that they had. And, and that during this time can go a long, long way. Everybody had a chance to compete for a state title in the fall. And that's not happening in every state uh, from that standpoint. And so we're very thankful uh, from that. And then, you know, just the appreciation of the athletic directors in the state who are running these events and the coaches who are, who are, you know, dealing with, uh, got, you know, I've got to uh, make sure our kids and their families are educated on do not spread this virus and let's keep playing and, and those things. And, and uh, if you think about it, it, it goes to that Clark Kellogg com commercial uh, that right now. And, uh, He's right. In Ohio, we'll show you. And, and so, you know, we even had uh, – think about this in football. So we, we had a Division One game at Obets, and Obets was so such a great place to, to host our cross-country and the Division One state final. On Wednesday afternoon, uh, so we're, we're within 48 hours of playing our first football game on Friday, and we get word that Franklin County – went on purple. Ohio State wasn't allowing fans. And, and, and in all fairness to Franklin County Health Department, uh, we couldn't get in contact with them Wednesday afternoon to see what that meant. Uh, didn't talk to them until Thursday, who suggested if you have somewhere else to go, you better go. Uh, thing. Uh, but think about this, what the good folks at Maslin, how this just unfolded for us. Got a call from Nate Moore, their AD football coach, said, come on up. Uh, Paul Savino, their, their superintendent, 
uh, had his staff ready to go just like that. They had their equipment. They had everything put away for the winter, and they got it back out. And then our staff going up there helping paint the field, and the folks at Maslin could not have been uh, more accommodating for us. And, and, you know, it takes a lot. You got to park cars. You got session stands. You got tickets. You got uh, media folks in, in, uh, in the press box. You've got, you know, teams coming in. Their team at Maslin was just outstanding. Uh, and it, it was just, you know, just to stand there on Friday at 1.15 and watch a kickoff when 48 hours ago you were, you were kind of wondering. And then how this piece fell in together for us too was Maslin was playing in the state finals against Akron Hoban. So we called Hoban and talked to their coach and AD, um, Mike Terrell, and he said, I'll go to, you know, do you want us to find a place in between? He says, no, I'll go to Maslin and play. Uh, you know, so everything – the cooperation from everybody and just that event fell into place. But that's what I'm seeing across the state on, on, on uh, uh, all, all of it doesn't have to be a state tournament. But uh, we are so thankful to the folks at Maslin because if you stood there and watched 16, six games and 12 teams compete for a state title, uh, man, did that make the fall just fall into place for us and, and just really feel good about what our schools have done uh, our association and, and again with the governor's office to, to make this happen and give these, these kids a chance to compete was just outstanding. You know, I mean, people could be so negative, especially during this time with, you know, high school sports, uh, you know, maybe whatever it might be, whatever there, there is going on right now. But uh, what type of feedback did you receive? I mean, maybe you got an email or something from a coach. As you said, th- that satisfaction of completing a fall season, you know, some people say, oh, why are they playing in Maslin? Why, you know, why is it moving in there? Well, that's a home field advantage for, for them. But, yeah. you know, do you want the state finals completed or not? I mean, like, as you just right. uh, illustrated, the 48-hour window there gave you a little room um, to maneuver. So what, what was the message maybe from a, a school or a coach that was grateful in nature uh, to you and your office? Yeah, I think I think a lot of them are grateful, but it's in this time uh, that we're dealing with, whether it be sports or anything else, people have virus or COVID fatigue, and and uh, you know, and and so I understand all those those kind of feelings, and you're not going to make everybody happy. I spent 20 years being a school superintendent, and I certainly didn't make everybody happy. And then when you hit in the last March, I really didn't make everybody happy with this virus, you know, dealing with graduations and and things like that, and 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 I understand that. And so, uh, you know, we knew when we put out our winter survey to our member schools, uh, 56% of, of those schools said, hey, let's move forward. Uh, 33 said, let's take a short pause. And, and, uh, and then 11%. Uh, so he said, hey, let's indefinitely uh, stop. So if you add those two together, you're still at uh, 56.44. So it's not a, a overwhelming majority. Although I would tell you if that happened in an election right now, I would say, hey, I won by a landslide. <laughs> uh, but, but we'll continue to listen to people. And there are, there are people that would like uh, us to take a pause uh, right now. And, and there are a lot of people who, who want us to keep going. And so, you know, I, I think the, the best thing is, is people want to be heard. So you listen to them. And, and again, uh, those are local decisions uh, from that standpoint. Uh, but, you know, everybody has, you know, we're, we're here for the kids first. And, and I always try to keep that in mind. And, and by doing what you do for kids doesn't mean you're going to make everybody happy. And so, you know, I think, I think the thing for us to do and our schools to do is just stay focused on our, our kids and, and really realize, uh, you know, I think we see what it's done to adults uh, virus. And, and so, and certainly the lesson we learned and, in uh, April and May, and I'll just, I'll tell you, Mike, that I was in a school district with 6,700 students. We were feeding 4,500 of them breakfast and lunch every single day in April and late March and April and May. Uh, that was the need of people out there. And, and just to see those kids, we, we took seven buses and headed out in the city, basically. And then I would go to some of those buses just to see the kids come up. Uh, and, and to see how happy they were to see a bus driver or a principal that was there or, or myself or somebody from the school. You know, I think, uh, again, that's what we keep in mind. We can't go back to April and May uh, from that standpoint. And so, you know, everybody's going to have their opinion. 
And uh, there were certain uh, folks up there that were upset that Maslin got to host a game, but that was Akron Hoban that said, Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll go do that. But, uh, and uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, a difficult time. And again, you have to keep the, you got to know the ends coming at, at some point and you got to know what you're doing it for and, and it's for the kids. And so, uh, you know, I'm not a, a, a person that uh, lives on social media uh, from a standpoint where, where you read those things, email me or call me uh, if you want to have an opinion or a discussion. So, uh, you know, uh, but we're fortunate to be where we're at. Sorry to hear about the vaccine distribution, obviously this week. And, um, you know, still people are wondering, you know, what, what will this mean for 2021 early on? And, you know, what, what things, uh, how this applies to sports at all levels, whether it be high school or pro or college, but, uh, as we kind of stand here right now, at the end of 2020, I mean, where do you see kind of, I'll just use basketball as an example, but where do you kind of see those postseason tournaments in terms of, you know, neutral sites and limited seating and um, what types of discussions are being have had about those types of things right now? Yeah, uh, it's a good question, Mike. So right, right now we're, 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 we have an understanding just like we did in the fall. Uh, you, you know, it doesn't make sense to rent out large venues and put uh, restricted crowds in there. I don't. I can't even say the fifteen percent now, or three hundred people on an indoor thing. And I think we all agree there's very little chance uh, that the governor, by March, even with the vaccine, or things would dramatically have to change uh, for the governor and Department of, of Health to say, "Hey, put ten thousand people in there." Uh, and and we're not looking for that to happen. And so. So we had to model, if you just take volleyball, uh, how we went through the volleyball process and, and did the better seed host at the high schools. And, and uh, we didn't rent the large venues out uh, this fall. And, and thank goodness for Vandalia Butler uh, School District that they hosted the volleyball. I went to the volleyball. It was well-run. That's a great school district, a well-run school district with great facilities. And, and it went perfect. Uh, what what they did for us uh, from that standpoint and and so right now this winter our tournaments are scheduled uh, to take place on their dates the various tournaments uh, and we're looking at the venues uh, to see what makes sense and if you take swimming uh, from that standpoint that's difficult because of the limited pools and and those type of things but the tournament structure may have to be a little bit different you take wrestling <coughs> again uh, you know, uh, questions we're asking now, I'll give you an example. One of the questions might be, because uh, we hosted a sectional in Newark for the last, I don't know, six, seven years, Division One Central Ohio, 15 schools would come in there. Does it make sense to put 15 schools in a venue right now? I, I would say probably not. Uh, so now do those 15 split up into five here, five here, and five there, and there's a different way to, to climb your way to the top. Uh, those are, that's an example of a question that we're asking ourselves. And, and then again, from a venue standpoint, uh, you know, and I'll share this with you, Mike, that as I mentioned earlier, I went to every single state tournament, not one person complained about the venue, you know, in your neck of the woods, of course, at the Lindor tennis facility there, uh, you know, uh, that group, that family uh, allows us to come there with no rental fee. So that makes sense. You know, I mean, they are just, uh, we are so fortunate to have that relationship with them because that is an awesome place for a high schooler to get, to get a play at. But, but we also host it at a high school and, and people are just thankful that they had the opportunity to, to compete and, and uh, during a situation. So, so the venues are, are very important to us right now. And, and because it just doesn't make sense uh, now, if somebody says to us, hey, we want to help you out, come on in here for nothing, then we'd put 200 people in a in a 20,000-seat arena and, and, and move forward from there. But but uh, we'll see. Yeah. I know you don't want to get maybe too specific on the sites, but I, I'll just mention this. Obviously, with basketball, I mean, you just signed a new agreement with University of Dayton Arena for, for girls basketball. And this was done in May, not just sure. now, obviously. And then boys was scheduled to be – and it's still scheduled to be at St. John Arena um, for March, obviously. I mean, what are the chances that those two things will happen at this point? Well, 
you know, we'll, we'll be in discussion about those uh, with, with those folks to see what they, they can do for us. Uh, uh, an example would be that uh, the Columbus crew and crew stadium at Malfrey stadium in Columbus, we had soccer there because they changed the agreement and, and put the rental fee at a fee that was very, very fair. And so there are opportunities for that, but you know, you're, you mentioned two colleges, two universities that are, have great facilities. Both of them uh, do. Dayton has a great facility and, and uh, we're so appreciative going, going to Dayton with the girls uh, from that standpoint. Uh, but, but again, what position are, is a college or university in to have us in, come in? If they have students there and the virus numbers are still up, they can't even control their own students right now. And a lot of them have gone remote through a certain time. And so, so that'll play a factor too uh, in, into that. Speaking of money, obviously the board of directors um, in October 1st, um, the press release from the OHSA, obviously the, said that there's a $1.3 million projected uh, loss due to reduced tournament revenue. No surprise there, no secrets there, obviously. What are some of the types of things, Doug, as you've started, you know, obviously your tenure in the past three months, uh, you and your staff, what are you looking at in terms of uh, maybe other avenues of, of whether it be corporate revenue or other sponsorships or just something else to kind of alleviate that tournament revenue? Yeah, we, well, we have an agreement with uh, TPG uh, for our corporate uh, sponsorship, which is an outside group that comes in. And, and Ohio st- stayed very strong. We have uh, very strong relationships with some of our corporate partners uh, from that standpoint. And we're very thankful for that and very good relationships uh, from that, that that realize that. The other we just talked about was venues. Uh, you know, non-COVID, uh, Mike, non-COVID times, uh, you know, when you have declining enrollment or declining attendance at your events, does it make sense to rent out big venues, large amounts of money and, and, and have your revenues not, not meet your expenses uh, from that standpoint? Over 80% of our, our, our uh, revenue comes from uh, attendance at games, from gate receipts. And, and it's, a, it's a, a, a model that we're looking at to say it's not sustainable you know, from that standpoint with uh, declining attendance over the last 10, 15 years. Uh, so, you know, we've looked at that. Uh, we've done some things in the office. Uh, you know, we'll have a, uh, a little, uh, our, our staff, as, as folks retire and move on, uh, we've made some decisions not to replace some, some of them. Uh, we've changed some, some uh, of our, our benefits with the employees to save significant amount of money. So we're doing all those type of things uh, right now to, to uh, become a, more, a little bit more efficient, a little bit more responsible financially uh, from an organizational standpoint. And we'll keep, we'll keep doing that. We look ahead to 2021. What's the <coughs> message? I know you're, you're all about you and your staff, everybody there, all about the student athletes uh, at the end of the day. And, and what is your feeling? Are you optimistic, realistic, um, what, what is kind of the spectrum of, uh, of your outlook as we kind of head to the new yeah, year and well, the high school sports? Yeah. Personally, Mike, for me, you know, it's like, I have to believe that when August rolls around that every school in Ohio will go five days a week with their student body, will play a volleyball game and anybody who wants to come can come. And, and we're just, you know, we're moving in a, in a positive way. Now we'll, Will masks be required or, you know, that's a society thing that we'll deal with when you go uh, to the shopping center or out to eat. Are you going to be wearing a mask? I would think a lot of people might still be. What's the vaccine going to do? I think, the you know, with a vaccine, you know, it's still too much. Is it only going to protect you or does it help protect the spread of it? And, you know, all those type of things are out there. But, but you know, from, from our perspective in the office, we're going to do what we can do this year to keep our kids competing with the, the hope we're holding out hope that next August uh, we're back uh, and our kids are back to normal school days. And, and uh, you know, when you, when you look at a normal school day, I'll put my superintendent hat on you. Now the challenge is going away in August. If, if your student body comes back for five days a week, because the gaps that were created educationally are grown uh, from this year. And you're really going to have to, uh, get good at self-assessing uh, 
uh, your students where they're at, those type of things. But from an athletic standpoint, we hope that there are no attendance uh, requirements at our football games or volleyball games, and and we're back to operating. You know, our, our schools are back to operating normal uh, or that. But that's that's a big hope. Uh, but but I, I will tell you, uh, I think uh, you know, for me, with the, just the, the it's just great to see the news in the morning. The last week or so, uh, start off positive. And, uh, you know, positive from the vaccine standpoint. And, and uh, I heard, I heard of somebody say the other day, and it made total sense to me. It's an athletic analogy to me. Uh, it's great to see something with this virus that we can do on the offensive side of things. But we still have to uh, play defense. Uh, for the OHSAA, that's perfect. You know, we, it's great to see that our offense is coming around but we still have to play defense at the defensive end with this, this virus. And, and if you think about it, uh, you know, that's why we work so hard at educating our, our schools and, and helping them through this process, because, you know, we're, we have access to all, our, it's important that from the access to our student athletes, that they spread this out to the families. And, and I've got to believe that that's uh, my kids are grown all, all four of them played sports if we if if they were still in high school going through this, it'd be a big focal point of our conversations and what we do as a family uh, so that they're not out spreading the disease or getting the disease somewhere. And and uh, so. So, yeah, uh, offense is here, but let's keep we're, we're going to win it at the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, that's spoken like a, a true coach there. Right. <laughs> and hopefully you can get to one of your bucket list venues by maybe oh, next yeah. summer, too, because yeah. I know you're a huge sports fan. So. Absolutely. It's uh, severely, you know, I haven't been to a Browns game this year. So, uh, and, uh, and I went so many times when, when it didn't mean anything this time of year. And, and, and it's, it's great to see, uh, you know, you long for that day when, when uh, I go up in December, dress really warm and get a ticket for 10 bucks. Uh, do that. I'd rather pay the 150 bucks to get in the game because that means they're good, you know, from that standpoint and that so uh yeah it's just uh uh thank goodness sports are are on tv because i think that helps but just watching uh, uh the games it's not the same you know without without the people in the crowd so exactly. which is the executive director doug ute merry christmas and happy holidays to your family and to everyone there at the ohsa thanks for joining me today yeah thanks for having me mike and happy holidays to you and and uh stay safe uh, to you and your family thank you same to you well, obviously a lot on the plate of OHSA Executive Director Doug Ute as he uh, continues to help member schools uh, get through this COVID-19 pandemic. A lot of stop and go, as we can tell, around Southwest Ohio and the entire state for that matter in winter sports with uh, rescheduling, postponements, uh, a lot of work to do for athletic directors and coaches, but they're making the best of the situation and uh, definitely some interesting perspective there from Doug as uh, they continue forward and uh, hope to uh, do the best for all the student athletes, 350,000 student athletes across the state of Ohio during this school year. Well, staying in Ohio for a quick second here, I uh, had a conversation this week with North College Hill boys basketball coach Shannon Miner. The Trojans are off to a 5 and one start, but were recently paused within their program. Their next game won't be till January 21st. So Coach Miner talked about the difficulties of uh, only being able to coach his uh, players virtually and how they're persevering through this athletics pause. Well, Shannon, just tell me, uh, obviously, uh, your team 5-1 right now, um, defeated Riverview East uh, 61-47 back on uh, December 9th. But uh, tell me when you got the news, uh, how your team is going to be paused uh, for 30-plus days now and how that uh, message was relayed to the players. Yeah, well, last Wednesday we had some, uh, you know, some challenges with, with staffing here at school with teachers. And so what happened was uh, we were unable to, you know, get substitutes. They're hard to get right now. And so uh, administration decided and, uh, and superintendent also decided that the best thing for us was to go remote, which, you know, is a good idea. Uh, because of that, we lose uh, Friday's last Friday's game and then this week's games. And so we lose four games. Um, we are already on a, um, on a pause January 18th to December 15th. Now it's uh, 38 days uh, without practice. And I think it's 43 without a game. And so during that time, we are not allowed to, uh, to practice here at North College Hill or playing home or away games. And so it makes it challenging for our guys to try to keep everybody together. Like you said, 
especially when you're experiencing some success as a, as a basketball program. Yeah. Tell me how you, uh, you're trying to engage these guys still and what, what can you do, I guess, even virtually from, from this standpoint? It's very hard. It's very difficult. I mean, last week, our last game was on Wednesday. And so we did nothing um, on the weekend. Uh, we are going to have like a Christmas dinner, lunch or whatever on, uh, on Saturday. Um, and so that makes it so that we're kind of getting together. So I'm trying to get them together um, once a week. Um, it will be our players' uh, responsibility, our upperclassmen, our juniors and seniors to get those guys together, be it outside running on the track. If we get a nice day like we've been getting in the 50s and 60s, trying to get outside or trying to find somewhere to go. Now, of course, they have to be um, socially distanced. they got to make sure that they're wearing their mask. They should be washing their hands. All the stuff they're supposed to be doing, they know that because we stress it a lot. But I think that those guys are more resilient to say like you or I. I mean, we couldn't go out and run a mile. We would have trouble. But for those guys, I think they could get back in shape within a couple of days. And uh, I know some of them are going like the crunch fitness or planet fitness and working out. So I think our guys, like I said, the kids are more resilient than we are. I think they worry about it less than we do. And so for them, it's just another bump in the road. And hopefully they can uh, stay in shape and then we can come back in January and, and pick up where we left off. I mean, we've all heard around the state with winter sports, um, you know, kind of a stop and go type of operation right now with a lot of rescheduling of games and every, everything like that. But obviously, I have not heard of um, a pause this lengthy. Um, how have your seniors maybe just kind of in the early portion of this? I mean, how have they kind of taken this challenge? Maybe how 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 have you talked to them and maybe kind of try to keep upbeat about this whole situation? It's very difficult because everybody's situation is different. Every school is different. Every school district. Every basketball team, like in Kentucky, you know, they're on pause until today. Now they're able to go back to practice and play games January 4th. You know, they start December 14th. And so, you know, it's different. I wish kind of Ohio would kind of go to that and adapt to, you know, everybody staying the same. But I get it. There are some some areas and some counties that are able to play. I wish we could play. I wish we could play until we got a case. Uh, we did have one early in the year. So first day of practice, we had a case. We had to wait 14 days. And so now we've, we've been off, it'll be a total of like 60 days and trying to have a season and getting those guys. And, you know, for kids, it's hard because it's hard to explain to them, hey, look, it's unsafe to be together. It's unsafe together when we're always preaching, be together and be a team. Now we're, you know, preaching not to be together. And so it's really contradicting. It's hard to get our guys, but I think we got a good group of guys that understand. And, you know, with technology now, it's so much easier. Our kids are actually more advanced with it than we are. And so they've already been FaceTiming and making calls all the time. And so for them, it's not a big difference. The only thing I worry about them is the camaraderie and being together. And, and we kind of lose that this year with COVID, but now we also lose it, lose it being out um, 40-something days. Uh, Trojans, obviously, 5-1 start. What did you like most about the team coach, the way that they were playing? Well, the guys are unselfish right now. It's a fun group to coach. Obviously, we've been around them less. And so, you know, when you're around something less, you appreciate it more. And so we really appreciate these guys right now. And, and I think they're just eager to get back and continue what we've been doing. Um, we've added a couple players. Uh, some players had some COVID with family, and so they had to sit out. We, we did get – I know you mentioned them earlier when you and I were talking. Uh, we have a 6'5 guy, TJ Bolden, who's a sophomore forward. Um, he played the other night, had 15 points, 13 rebounds, and four blocks. So anytime you can add a guy at the Division three level in high school and, and be a presence like Kim, and he's a double-double guy every night, that helps. Uh, we have a junior in Jaden Jefferson, who uh, who was a starter for us last year as a sophomore. He's also a double-double guy, points and rebounds. He's able to um, block shots as well and handle the ball. And then our little guard, who's a senior, um, Antonio Harmon, who uh, is shooting the ball well. I think he's 9 for 18 from the three-point line. Um, really pride ourselves in something like that, being a three-point shooter myself. I love it when we can stretch the court and make it from the outside. And so he's a real crafty guard. And so we have some really good pieces with a, with a guard a slasher and a big guy. And I think when you have those pieces and you add everything else in there, it really makes for a fun group. All three of these guys obviously were named Miami Valley Conference uh, Players of the Week. I mean, that's, that's significant, obviously, uh, you know, for your program. And um, what, what's kind of the message going forward now, Coach? I mean, just how you uh, – we kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, what types of things maybe – what types of ideas can – you bring to the table to help these guys and, and maybe not only athletically, but just academically to keep their focus and, and just, you know, keep it, keep it going for the task at hand. Well, I would say number one, we tell our guys all the time to be safe. They have to be safe. No matter if it was COVID or not, get in the car, go into the mall, 
walking down the street, going to a friend's house, whatever it is, they have to be safe and know about their surroundings. That's number one. Number two, academics. We want to make sure that our guys do really well in the classroom. We pride ourselves on that. We have study tables with our guys. Um, they show me their grades every Sunday. If there are any D's or F's, um, then they have study table, you know, and uh, a lot of guys come if they have C's because they have high expectations of themselves. And so we do have something in place for those guys. Um, it's also good when they are struggling in school, not good that they're struggling, but it's good that they can reach out to us and we can have a safe place for them to come. Um, some of my coaches are really good with, uh, with academics. And so they advise our guys and they, they help tutor them. Um, but I would say that we really want to make sure that we stay in shape as well. I tell our guys all the time, before we're the basketball team, we're the academic team and we're the cross-country team. I mean, we want to make sure we stay in great shape and we want to make sure we have good grades because all of our guys want to play in college. In order for set yourself up, to set yourself up for uh, to be positive and to make sure you, you're going to be able to go into college and be eligible, you've got to have good grades. And I tell our guys all the time, your freshman and sophomore years are the most important because you can't get behind. So we can't stress academics enough with our guys, but we always bring them in and try to work with them on their grades. And our teachers and staff at North College Hill are outstanding. We have great resources and teachers and administration that reach out to our kids. And it's really a good fit for everybody here. You've been at this a long time, Coach. Uh, obviously, your son plays at Scott High School. And obviously, Kentucky, as you mentioned, gets started uh, in early January with its season for basketball. But uh, what type of challenge does this present to you? And, and, and just, you know, how do you, how do you persevere through this? Because, I mean, every – High school is going through this, maybe not to the extent of your program, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, have you thought ahead of, you know, maybe how things might be, whether it be mid-January, late January, an opportunity for your guys. Everybody obviously makes the postseason tournament. Have you thought that far ahead or is it more of a day-to-day -day type of thing right now? Well, you notice I'm not at home right now. So I got kind of got kicked out of the house today. So with, with the wife at home working and the three kids, Internet's tough to get, you know, and so I'm able to go to school and, uh, and work from there. We still have Zoom calls and we still have uh, meetings this week for, for our classes. And as we wrap up, um, as far as like the team, you know, scheduling games is, is a real is, is a is an obstacle. It's, it's hard. I mean, it's a big challenge because now other schools are starting to. I know there's a couple schools today that had to um, pause and be put on uh, on a pause and that. And so it makes scheduling really difficult. Uh, we're going to have to schedule back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back games three nights in a row. And I know sometimes people worry about that. But, hey, these guys in the, in the summertime and in the spring, they play eight, nine AAU games in a weekend. They're fine. You know, they're fine. Like I said, they're resilient. If they weren't playing a game, they would practice. And our practices are extremely hard. We're conditioned and, and go at it hard so that when we get to a game, it, it feels like there's not a difference. And so I would say challenging, um, the most challenging part would be scheduling, but also getting our kids to have the mindset that when they come back, they got to be ready to go because there could be some t uh, schools playing um, that have been playing maybe for, for a couple months. And so I think our next game, if everything sets up, would be with Scott High School. And so, of course, that's always going to be challenging because they got a good team coming back as well. What is that date? Do you know that date of that game? I got it all right here behind yeah. me. So that's January, January 24th, uh, but we've, we've had to scratch it out up there. It was a bunch of X's. So we finally we did that on uh, – January 21st and then we have two more games after that on on Friday Saturday and so you know that presents a huge huge challenge for us because like I said Mitchell and their team at Scott High School man they got a lot of guys returning that can really can really score and again they start today and so they're going to have an advantage um, over a team like us that that's going to be off for for 40 days yeah finally coach just just tell me how much uh North College Hill basketball means to you and to you personally and I, I know you have a lot invested in into this program over the years. I mean, you know, a challenge like this obviously is going to be very difficult, but I know you put so much into this and to make this mm -hmm. work and make this successful year in and year out. Love it. I mean, I love it. I wouldn't want to do, you know, anywhere else. I wouldn't leave to go anywhere else. I love it here. Um, it's the only place I really know that, that feels like home and that, you know, I grew up here, lived in North College Hill on Galworth Road. Um, it's good to come back home where I grew up. Uh, I take great pride in it. I mean, I make sure our student athletes are recognized via social media or whatever it is. I want people to know we have good student athletes here. Again, student athletes, they do well in the classroom. They're respectful. And we talk about three C's here, being coachable, um, you know, being committed and, and communicating. And we talk about that on the court and in the classroom and in the community. And so a lot of C's here at North College Hill, uh, we want to make sure that we represent the city and the community the right way so that people are proud, but also tell the players too, 
you're representing the name on the back of your shirt as well and your family. And so always be proud of where you came from. And, uh, you know, we just keep pushing it and, and just keep moving and moving and hopefully good things will happen. And, you know, the other thing too is if, if you're not successful in basketball, hopefully all the life lessons that our coaches and teachers and administrating the administration is teaching our kids. Hopefully that'll go into life and into the business world or into being a, a father or being a husband. Great. And all the best of luck to you and your program going forward. Thank you. Well, obviously a lot of area uh, basketball teams are dealing with uh, a stop and go mentality now with scheduling and uh, you know, a lot of postponements, but certainly coach Miner there at North college Hill doing the best he can within the program uh, to make things work. And ironically enough, as you heard him say, they're going to, face uh, Scott High School team out of Northern Kentucky that begins its season January 4th. Hopefully that game will take place on January 21st. want to uh, jump over to Northern Kentucky for a quick second here as we uh, talk to Beachwood football coach Noel Rash about the Tigers state championship game this Friday afternoon. Obviously exhilarating finish to that, you know, with the two-point inversion and everything with Cameron, what he did. And um, you talk about the resilience of your guys and just, you know, obviously playing in conditions that weren't ideal, obviously. No, but that's that's football, and you you know, you know. I've made the statement: if you want ideal conditions, play ping pong. Yeah. Um, we've got you know who knows what the weather will be Friday. You know, but well, it's going to be that we don't know. We just got to show up and play, um, and play our style football, and, and uh, with the kind of kids we got, and with the with my staff, I th- I think we'll. We'll, we'll be right there and we'll have a shot. And uh, that's all you can ask for. Our kids, their commitment from the all season through the season with all this craziness has been uh, exemplary. And uh, I'm ecstatic for them, especially the seniors, but, but uh, obviously the whole team. Been through these state championships long enough. How many is it? What is this? What number for the program? I, I Oh, for the program, it's yeah. – uh, this will be numbers. Well, we've won 14. I don't know how many total we've been to. Okay. Um, let's see. we got four runner-up. Probably uh, it's either 19 or 20. So how special is this, is this week, Noel, leading up to this, knowing it's the final week? I know you're playing it in very unique well, it's, circumstances. It's you know, Mike, that's a, that's a great question. It's a weird deal because, you know, it is special, but you just you got to stay focused on the moment. You don't really get time to reflect. Uh, I want the kids doing that with their families and then their downtime. But when we're here, it's all business um, or, or I'm not doing my job. And uh, of course they enjoy it. But the, the enjoyment comes from the what they've done for each other up to this point and making sure that we don't lose that week-to-week commitment and focus that we need. Um, so when you're living it, it's – it's just it's moment by moment um and you don't have time to look at the big picture um you certainly when when the confetti falls whether it falls on you or the other team then you sit back and reflect and i I did take time to reflect on the team friday night and said are we really any different if on the two-point play we slip and fall you know and and for the fans and for those people that like to comment it's different for them but it isn't different from what we've done for each other. Right. And the fact that somebody might have slipped in that exact moment or whatever, it could have happened. And does that really change things? And we've really got to take a look at ourselves and, and make sure that we know that it doesn't. Um, we get another opportunity, and that's awesome. And I wanted that. And I didn't, I didn't think Cameron would slip, and I didn't think our other guys would slip. Um, but at the end of the day, you, that's the one thing I said to him to reflect on. And I – I talked to our seniors in the locker room uh, after the game, just them solely about what this is really about. And it's about getting punched in the mouth and getting up and going to work, feeding your kids and doing the things you have to be, to be a, 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 I don't want to say a great human being, but just a, uh, somebody that people can count on. What do you know about Lexington Christian challenges they present? You got three hours. I mean, they, they, they present a lot. Um, they're talented. They're, they've hit the weight room. Um, they're well coached. They have speed. Um, 
they remind me of uh, Beachwood Cupcat type teams. Um, they they misdirection you, um, and they're looking for holes. Their offense is looking for holes to poke in your defense. Um, defensively, they run to the ball extremely well. They get off the snap extremely well. Um, they have an attacking defense, and uh, you know we'll have to. We'll have to be at our best, and I think we will be. But they're going to have to be at their best, too. What's your message to the guy? I know you say you can't reflect. You're in the moment. It's all business. Each and every day is a step toward, you know, right. state final. Um, but what, what kind of position? Where are they at right now? I mean, physically, I'm sure, you know, everybody's in this, you know, if you're at this point, you, you've been – it's been a long season, no matter if, if it's been a shortened one or not. But mentally, where are they at right now with everything? Well, I, I mean, as of Saturday, when we brought them back after four hours of sleep or whatever they got, um, when we came back in Saturday morning, um, they were in a great place. I was um, really impressed with their kids are more resilient than the adults. Um, I can tell you that I've definitely learned that over 30 years. Wow. Are they resilient and they're resilient in wins and losses. Um, you you got to be there for them in the moment. Uh, win and lose, but they recover much better. Um, I think they're in a good place, Mike. I think they're I think they're uh, hungry, which is very important that you're not tired, you're not mentally exhausted this time of year because you are physically beat up to some degree. But I think mentally and emotionally, um, and Friday night definitely had a. You, you say it took. A, everybody says it takes a toll, but it. Um, and you can look at it that way. It's it's a. For me and kids that age with how resilient they are, it's a great step to have to face that. I don't think, I don't think that'll do anything for us but help us come Friday afternoon. Um, it's it, uh, dealing with tense moments uh, because you don't really know how you're going to react. And I think the kids found out how they're going to react. Um, and it was uh, obviously it was fun to watch um, because we were on the W side of it but it was satisfying to watch too as a head coach. So we're in a good place. We're in a good place. What time do you guys leave Friday and what time do you expect to get down there? Um, I just did the Lord have mercy. Don't press me on this. I, I, uh, I, no, <laughs> I, I just did the itinerary. I don't know. We're leaving That's right. at 11. We're going to leave around 1140. Okay. That's what it is. We are buses will roll about 1140, maybe 1150, uh, probably because we're going to tape here. So, um, you know, it's a, hour 15 minute bus ride tops and so uh you know three o'clock friday we'll see i don't they're not school down there so i don't know if there'll be a lot of traffic at that time anyway long story short we're leaving right before noon and you know i don't want to be there long and they don't want us there long there's all kinds of differences about this year they don't want us in the locker room more than 15 minutes great we don't want to be in the locker room more than 15 minutes they're going to let us on the field it, you know, Mike, every year that I've gone around, I love what Julian Tackett has done for our state. I love what he's done. I think he cares. I think he cares immensely. I think he always tries to do the right thing. But the one thing I go round and round with him about is this whole all year long, you can get on the field an hour before the game and get your kickers right. Then you go to the most important game. You can't be on the field for 40 minutes. And I, I just think that's the most, and you could quote me, I don't care. It's asinine to, to change how people prep because it's not like Beachwood does it much different than anybody else. Uh, you go to an NFL game and guys are on the field three hours before the game. Uh, I understand the state finals, you can't be on three hours. because, But to limit guys wanting to get ready for the most important game of their lives, no, stay, stay underneath the bleachers and not be on the field is crazy. And this year, they're going to open it back up. So I'm really excited about that, the fact that, is, you know, when the game's over, they're clearing us off the field and doing all that. The trophy, um, all that stuff's going to be done at your buses, not on the field. So that's there's good and bad in that. But I, I like the fact that the kids are going to be able to get on the field. What's the reason only the 40-minute limit? I'm just curious. I have no idea. No, I don't None. There, and I've never gotten a good answer on it. Yeah. And, and I don't want to yeah, Lord I, have mercy. Yeah. 99% of what our association does is incredible. Sure. I don't want to vote. That's – if I – you know, everybody – the officials did this and whatever. That's human right. behavior. This thing is something that I'm like, we could fix this and we just won't. Yeah. And this year they're going to. So I'm like, yeah, but right. they're just, they're forced to fix it. Right. So, I, But, uh, 
you know, I'm, 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 we got a big task, Mike. I mean, a big task. They're really good. They're really I'll take good. a spotlight away from your team or, or the game or anything, but just final question. Do you, do you feel like Cameron is Mr. Football? Uh, I don't just feel it. I know it. I, I really do know it now. And, and I don't want to come across this. Um, I don't know if arrogance is the right word, but because I haven't seen every player, just like most of the people voting on it, I haven't seen it, but what that kid has meant, uh, not just to us, but to the teams we play. I, I think you take those teams and not just the two, a teams, but the six, a and five, a teams, and you ask them. Um, and it's pretty clear. The kid is on a whole other level. Um, and I'm sure there's a few others out there this year. If he's not Mr. Football, he's, he's right. He, he's, he's Mr. Football along with uh, another guy then, then he's tied for it because he certainly cannot be. Um, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I feel that strongly. Anybody else come in late on him as far as offers or. Yeah, there's, you know, no offers yet, Mike, but, but people showing interest. Like I, I think I told you about Weber state and some big sky schools and Murray and, um, some other schools jumping in, but I, I, I you know, nothing, um, nothing uh, concrete. Somebody, hopefully that will change after this week. Yeah. Let's but. hope this, the, the venue is a big one. Let's hope yeah. they get, a, get eyes on him and see it. Definitely. So, Thanks, Noel. Appreciate it. Mike, Have appreciate a good, one. You. good luck to you. Please take care. All right. See you. Well, you can tell this means a whole lot to uh, Beachwood head football coach, Noel Rash, a lot of proud tradition and uh, success there within the uh, Beachwood football program. As you could tell, he can't really enjoy it in the moment uh, because of all the preparations uh, that go into uh, this game, a very unique opportunity for the Tigers uh, playing a state championship game in mid-December, really unheard of uh, for, for the state of Kentucky and uh, all the best to the Tigers going forward. want to thank not only Beachwood football coach Noel Rash, but North College Hill boys basketball coach Shannon Miner reflecting on uh, the Trojans early portion of the season and uh, how they're persevering through the, their athletics pause. And also OHSA Executive Director Doug Ute, as he talked about the challenges uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic for everybody there within the uh, state governing body for high school athletics there in Columbus. I want to thank all our listeners and viewers from the, this entire 2020 calendar year, uh, the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. Special thanks to producer Brian Neese for all his efforts and uh, dedication each and every week with all the high school sports content. Really appreciate it. Uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and we will talk to you in 2021.